Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hello, everyone. Another Monday. Can you believe that we are racing toward the end of May? What is time, right? Anyway... <laughs> It's been zooming by, and today we've got a debut author on, and if you have been a longtime listener or if you're new, you know that I have a bunch of books out, and I get so excited every time I get to have a debut author on because I get to relive that excitement through them. It's it's so thrilling to finally hold your book in your hands and know that you made those words, and today we get to share that excitement with a debut author. Her name is Karen win and if you haven't read her book yet you are in for such a treat it sounds amazing so I will read her bio here so you can get to know her and then we will bring Karen on so Karen Wynn received her MSA from fairly I'm probably saying it wrong fairly Dickinson University she also holds a doctoral degree in nursing so she's multi-talented guys and very smart born and raised in New Jersey Karen now lives in Boston with her husband and two children our little world is her first novel that we're going to talk about today and I did put a link to Karen's website right there on blog talk so if you're listening live or if you're listening later you can click that anytime and go check out her website. She also has a really cool um, book club uh, um, handout, I guess, that you can download um, if you've got a book club and you guys are interested in bringing our little world to your group. Um, she would love that. So definitely go check out her website. And I don't want to delay anymore. Karen, are you there? I'm here. Thank you so much, Lisa. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, thanks for coming on. I'm excited to have you. And do you want to tell everybody a little bit more about Our Little World and why they should go grab a copy this week? It just came out this month. So you want to tell everybody Absolutely. about it? Absolutely. So Our Little World, it uh, is set in the 1980s in a small, idyllic town in New Jersey. And it centers on two sisters whose relationship fractures when a neighborhood girl goes missing. Oh, I know from your bio that you're from New Jersey. Is this like based on a town you used to know or did you make it up? Yes. So it is a fictionalized version and anagram of my hometown where I grew up in New Jersey, a, a town of 5,000 called Mendham, New Jersey. In my novel, it's Hammond, New Jersey. Um, and as you alluded to, there is a fun book club kit on my website, I would say definitely wait to download it or, or look at it until you've read the book because there are some spoilers in there. Um, but once you're done reading the book, it's, it's great because you can see fun pictures of um, sites in my hometown that I based on um, events or places in the book. Um, so it's kind of neat to see that, you know, it did have a, a, a thread of, of truth in all of that in terms of the setting at least. So I essentially took a, a fictional story and put it in um, the setting of my childhood. Oh, I love that. And 
what was your inspiration behind the book? Was it from your hometown? Did someone go missing when you were a kid? Or what was the inspiration that made you go from in nursing to go, I think I'm going to write a book? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, I've always loved to write and make up stories um, from the time I was young. Um, I um, It took me, you know, as, as you alluded to, I've had a whole other career. Um, but this has always been certainly a love of mine as well, writing, and something I've pursued alongside nursing. I did a low residency MFA. I've taken numerous writing classes over the years. Um, and finally, at some point, I thought, well, I – you know, these characters have been living with me for so long, and I really, I need to tell their story. Like, it, they were living in my head, and I needed to bring them to life. Um, I had, I actually had the idyllic childhood, never knew anyone who went missing, um, but um, <laughs> I, I was, I've always liked, I've been drawn to darker things, and um, I, I just, I love the idea of putting a, a tragedy in a small town, similar to the one that I had grown up. And seeing how it pierces the town. So this is a story about uh, these sisters, yes, um, but it's also a story about the family and the neighborhood and the town, and essentially how this tragedy into motion a series of events. So it's kind of like the reverberations of the tragedy. Now the starting point for the novel did come from an incident that occurred to me in my own childhood. I used to love to swim at this local lake. Um, it's called Sunrise Lake in real life. In the book, it's called Deer Chase Lake. And um, I was probably, you know, 10 or 11, and I was swimming there one day. Um, and I used to love to swim underwater for these long periods of time. And I resurfaced, and I saw everybody exiting the lake, and I wasn't sure why, but I, I followed them. And the lifeguard must have blown the whistle, but I was underwater, so I hadn't heard it. And there was right. a chaotic, chaotic scene on the beach, and I was trying to locate my mom. And then I finally saw her, and she just had this panic look on her face. And there was this probably very nervous high schooler lifeguard who was literally grabbing little girls and saying, is this her? And then I realized that they had emptied the lake for me because um, my mom couldn't find me because I was underwater. Um, so it just, it was. Oh. <laughs> that just seemed, it was just like seared in my memory. And it just seemed like a great starting point for a story. Like what if I or someone else had gone missing that day? And so in my book, um, this neighborhood girl, this, this family moves from Boston to the sleeper town in, in New Jersey and, um, the Bakers, and Sally Baker, who's a four-year-old girl, when there's, um, my main protagonist is B. She's a rising seventh grader, and her sister Audrina, and they're swimming there um, at the local lake when four-year-old Sally Baker does disappear. Oh, <laughs> that sounds amazing. And I I wondered, too, about the the book and the age group of the kids, did you choose that on purpose or did the characters, or does it jump ahead later to when they're grown up as it goes? Yes. So this is told from B, the main character's perspective, about uh, 30 years after the fact. Um, so she is a an adult and she oh, is... Okay. Uh, 
um, retrospectively telling this story, um, looking back in time over the two-year period from 1985 to 1987, when essentially two major things happened. And you know this in the first two pages, so I'm not giving anything away, but the neighborhood girl mm-hmm. disappears and ends up dead, and her own sister, Audrina, also dies. So within the two-year period, these two big events occur, and there's a reason why she's telling the story now as an adult. Okay. And when you were writing the book, did you have, well, I didn't ask you your writing process, but are you a plotter or a pantser? Did you have any big surprises while you were writing the book? Um, So I'm definitely a a plotter. I would say I'm kind of like a loose plotter. Um, I, um, what I finally found worked for me because I like, I like, to plot, but I'd like the, the breathing room or the space to have also to, to be surprised. <laughs> exactly. Um, so what I found finally worked for me was coming up with essentially, say, 20 kind of plot points and um, things that I wanted to achieve in the novel. And it, it, so I kind of did these broad plot points. Um, and then I... And they didn't necessarily translate to chapter headings or anything like that or, or chapter numbers. Um, but I just, I would just, I knew that this is where the story was going. And so I would write. And then, you know, at some point when you're in the murky middle, I say, okay, I'm say between plot point 10 and I need, and I need to get somehow to 11, whether it's in this chapter or next. Um, so that's, that's how I, how I work. So I knew where I was going with this book. I knew the story I wanted to tell, but then um, having that space to imagine and be creative was really useful. And there were some interesting things came out of this process. For instance, Sally Baker's mom, Mrs. Baker, is a really interesting character. And when I first set out to write this book, I didn't know she was going to be. Um, But she turned out to be this really interesting character that I grew in my own mind close to um and so yeah so there were some surprises certainly and of course yeah there was a lot that ended up on you know that I ended up cutting too with the revision process um for sure yeah yeah I love when characters take on their own life and you're like excuse me what I I can remember I had a book once with this woman that I kept trying to kill and she kept living and I'm like oh my gosh I guess she's I guess she's the heroine <laughs> that is so little fun. did I know I thought she was going to be a side character but she really grew on the page so those kind of surprises I live for those because obviously I'm more of a pantser than a plotter I I always know what the end will be but I don't know how I'm going to get there so, um, uh-huh. so anyway, but, but I love when characters, you know, sort of take over and they just grow and every once in a while though, you know, you do have to tell them, sorry, this is not your book, um, uh-huh. <laughs> but, but it is true. fun when sometimes they take over. They, yeah. Sometimes they need to be reminded. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You are not the main character. <laughs> When you were writing this one, did you have a favorite scene? Uh, If it's not a big spoiler, did you have a favorite scene where you wrote it and you were just like, oh, that was exactly what I needed it to be? Um, So, yeah, there's probably this 
short, maybe even a one-page scene that came, and interestingly enough, it came in a, a subsequent revision that I did. And it's, 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 so it's very short, but it's this pivotal scene between the sisters because this book does explore this complex sister relationship. And, but they also had this underlying love for one another. And so there's this pivotal scene where I actually go back to when they're even younger and um, it tells a lot about the family dynamics, but essentially their father is teaching them how to ride a bike and it's, it's short, but it, it was just, it's, it's poignant. And to my main character, it was representative to representative of a time where, where she and her sister were particularly close and they had this um, unspeakable sister bond and it illustrates that moment. So that, that's actually probably a favorite scene of, of mine. I love that. And that kind of dovetails into my other question about sisters. Do you have sisters? Was this, you know, did you tap into your connection with your own siblings or were you daydreaming about it and you're an only child? <laughs> um, I do have a sister. I also have a brother and we are very close and we have a great relationship. But I was really interested. I know that's not always the case in families. And I was really interested in exploring those situations where that, those, those situations where those relationships are a little more complex and really digging deep into that and um, seeing and like pushing them too and kind of seeing what happens with these two sisters. Like how far could I push them and what could I do? Um, because of course, Drama makes for great fiction. We need broken characters so they can go somewhere. <laughs> exactly. We need troubled characters. So I, yeah. Right, right. If they're perfect when they get on the page, then you can't um, you can't go anywhere. Except, of course, <laughs> my my new book is perfect. So now every time I say that word, I'm like, ooh, because <laughs> perfect <laughs> has a very bad connotation now. Um, <laughs> but I meant it in a good way. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to ask you about the um, setting, the time setting of the 80s. Um, I noticed when I was poking around getting information about the book that there were a bunch of reviews that mentioned that it's, it's so set in the 80s and the research was so on. And so I, I have to ask, you know, why did you choose that time period? Did you live during then? What, what, was, it, what was it about 1985? Um, so that's a great question. Um, again, it's, it's been so interesting because, you know, I chose the 80s for, we'll get into that in a, in a moment, but it's so interesting to me. I didn't realize how much readers were going to connect to that part of it, of the book, the right. of the 80s, basically. And um, it just brought back, it seems like, so much nostalgia for so many readers. Um, yes. So, yes, I, yeah, I was a child of the 80s. Um, so I grew up in the 80s and the 90s, but I grew up in the 80s. Um, and I, when I was thinking about studying this book in the 80s, it was because of a couple of reasons. Um, so the the main reason is that there it was just such an interesting time for children to go missing because there were these kind of high profile missing kids cases that had occurred 
um, in the late 70s and early 80s that led to new legislation being passed in terms of like a, a Missing Kids Act. And But it was all very beginning. And in 1985, there was a stranger danger that was sweeping the nation. Uh, in 1984, about six months prior to uh, beginning of my novel, my novel starts in the summer of 85, they rolled out with the Missing Kids on Milk Cartons program. Um, and I was going to ask, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and I just, I remember that, you know, I remember like having my breakfast, mm-hmm. looking at these, it was just really jarring and, and tragic. Yeah, um, these poor missing kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember right? that too. And, you know, <laughs> I always tell you, don't talk to strangers, you know, and, and mm-hmm. um, same time, I think, in terms of, our country's history as a kid growing up during during that time period of just being very aware of this like stranger danger and but yet also it was the 80s so um, in small town America you were playing outside until um, until after you know it, it got dark and you had a, a um, many kids had a, a more freedom I guess they um, than nowadays in terms of uh, roaming the neighborhood and biking places and um, there was just a little bit more of a freedom but yet with a stranger danger and, and in 1985 I think that the local police would have been still sluggish in their response to missing children because they they really didn't know how to respond at that point the FBI were still were um, just beginning to only get involved in certain cases missing kids cases were very much, the search for them were very much driven by the family of the missing child. Um, you know, right. I think in 1982, only three years prior to being in my novel, they finally enacted this registry where you could even report a missing kid. But prior to that, you you had no idea how many kids a year went missing in our country. Wow. Um, so it's just such an wow. interesting time period with all of this. And it was all just beginning. And um, so I just, I just wanted to capitalize on that so yeah and yeah I don't and also there's a way sorry go ahead well go ahead. I was gonna say also there were no cell phones then so mm-hmm. you know you take out a huge part of how you would track down your kid and texting their friends and and that's all gone in 1985 absolutely and also um, it was I love being able to control the amount of information that these neighborhood kids received regarding Sally Baker's disappearance. And it was, I could, I could create more suspense by drawing things out and giving them little pieces of information because they would receive information eavesdropping on their parents' phone conversations or sharing what they knew. And it was, um, it was kind of a slowed down period and, so I'd love to be able to con- control that aspect too. Whereas nowadays, seeing Google and like everything, they would know instantly updates about stuff. Mm-hmm. Right, right. They could see if it's unfolding right then. They can see pictures on Twitter. They can, you know, I mean, yep. so yeah, totally different world back then. It reminds me yeah. kind of of that um, 
that Stephen King story, Stand By Me, where the kids wanted to go see a dead body and they had heard from yep. friends, you know, that there was one. And then it was this quest to go to the train tracks. And, you know, it's that it was a whole, really a whole different world before we had cell phones. Truly. Yep. And pre-World Wide Web. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. yeah I mean, no I, Google. It was, yeah. So I, I, I love being able to revisit that time period and um yeah so it was it was it was interesting and then uh no spoilers but there's a couple of medical being a nurse um illness does make its way into my writing and there's a couple of medical <laughs> conditions that um come up in the book and i also like setting it in the 80s um in terms of those um conditions um because it was also a different time period with those and that's all i can say about that but <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and I was going to ask you too how much of, you know, of you popped into the book and obviously from your nursing background you had some of the medical stuff. Was there anything else um, you know, that was you that you noticed dribbled into the book like did they play your favorite game from the 80s or anything like that? Um, well, the father, um, Bea and Audrina's father, it, um, is a Hungarian immigrant, um, and my own father um, was a Hungarian immigrant. So I definitely drew oh. on the experience having grown up with um, a Hungarian immigrant of a father. Um, the, that's, though, where the similarities end, um, is the father is very different than my father um, was. But yeah, so I drew on that. Um, sure, like I, I drew on, um, there was this um, tennis and racquetball club mentioned in the book. And um, I used to spend my summers at, at that place. And um, yeah, I think I think kind of the, to be honest, the, the things that the readers are responding to that was nostalgic piece is what I drew on from my own childhood, that um, kind of freedom, the summer days, the um being young and, and unfortunately sometimes those insecurities and um whatnot. But right. Yeah. Because they're Did, um were influenced. I love that. Did the eighties music make it into the book? Yes, eighties music does and I actually have a Yay! Spotify <laughs> Spotify playlist for our little world that you can find. Um if, if readers are interested, um, yes, absolutely. There's 80s music. Um, there's, um, let's see, I think um, at one point they are at a a friend's, a, a local neighbor's basement hanging out there and playing Spin the Bottle, actually. <laughs> and Steve um, <laughs> Miller. Steve Miller, the Joker, is playing from one of the uh, basement stereo speakers. Um, and then um, Audrina at one point wants to dress up as Madonna from her Like a Virgin MTV performance, and the father doesn't allow it. Definitely not <laughs> to real events and, and things happening in the 80s. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was a great time for music. And, yeah, I, it was fun doing research because – you know, I, I researched obviously the darker elements of the book, like the missing kids, but then I got to research the pop culture element. And for that, I rewatched 80s movies and listened to 80s music and research 
um, playing. So that that was that was fun. That's so cool. And our our listeners are always interested in like the the writing journey to get to this book. Had you written other books first? Did you go you know the traditional route and find an agent and all that kind of thing? How how did it all come together? for you to get this book out? Um, so it was a journey, I think, like most probably all writers have, um, to, to be able to be on this side of things, for sure. Um, I, I've i been in a local writing group since 2009 here in Boston. Um, so, I, I, you know, I've, I've been pursuing writing for a long time. I probably have hundreds of rejections for short stories I've written over the years. Um, at some point, I thought, as I said, I, you know, I, I had this story idea in mind, and I had these characters in my mind, and um, decided to buckle down and, and complete a first draft. And I, I kind of held myself to this timeline of doing it. Um, I was working actually as a nurse practitioner at the time, and I took days off work. And had, I asked my mother to come watch the kids, uh, my two kids, and I, instead of going into work as a nurse practitioner, I went to work on my book. And it was just really, it was scary and also exhilarating because <laughs> I had no idea what would come of this, right? And my mom, God bless her. Right, right. was so supportive. Um, and, you know, I think it's very easy now on the other side of things to tell the story. But when you're doing this, it's it's terrifying, right? Yes, um, and, for sure. Uh, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so finally, but I, I was kind of, I was proud of myself for being able to take myself seriously as a writer, right, to commit to this. And then, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, for so long, when people go, oh, what do you do? And I'd be like, well, I'm a nurse. And then they almost whisper, oh, but I like to write, right? <laughs> Because <laughs> yes. that it's like you can't like quite embrace yet because you don't feel like you deserve it, right? Like you're um, a real writer, uh huh. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I did. Um, you know, finally had a a, good, uh, a workable manuscript, and I had attended this writing conference here in Boston. Um, there's this wonderful writing organization called Grub Street, and they have. Um, an annual writing conference conference called the News in the Marketplace, and I had signed up for that. And I signed up specifically, they offer these options to meet with agents. So I, I had signed up to meet with an agent, um, Stacey Testa of the Writer's House, and uh, it was a little ambitious because my book wasn't ready to be submitted to her yet, um, but she liked the opening, what I what I showed her, which was like the first 20 pages. And she said, send this to me when you're done. Teen months later, <laughs> I sent it to her. Uh, <laughs> that time period, I was revising, you know, I, I think I had um, a manuscript consult with uh, a teacher that I, uh, I had taken writing classes with and that required essentially like a whole rewrite of my novel. Um, and um, so 18 months later, though, I sent it to her and she offered me representation and um, then nice. together, she's a very editorial agent. So we did, ended up doing another revision together and then um, we went on submission and um, luckily we found an editor, Lexi Casola Dutton, who loved it. And um, here we are. So it, it was a bit of a fairy tale for sure. 
But, but yeah, but years, yeah, but years, years in the making, of course, years yes, and years and years. Yes. Yes, it took years and years to be an overnight success, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, that's, it's funny because one of my friends, when I announced the book deal, said to me, oh, you're an overnight success, ha, 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 right? Because she knew. <laughs> yes. I mean, she knew it was years and years and years. So. Yes. Yes. And, right. um, it's, it's a dream come true, but it's, it's taken a while to get there. Right. It becomes a quest, really. <laughs> and I always feel like with, with this journey, because I know so many people who um, are great writers, um, who um, I'm surprised that, you know, their stuff hasn't been published yet. Um, right. Know, it's, it's, I always this writing journey that I always feel like I'm one step away from, like, wild failure. <laughs> And, and then also one step away from wild success. I mean, I think that's, I, I feel like that's just the way it is for publishing. Like, it's because it could go either way at any point in yeah. time. At any point in time, it, it could go either way. And, and, and you know, there are, I think there's so many great writers, and I feel so lucky, lucky that I, um, I was able to get the agent and a book deal um, because I know that's not always the case. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited to read the book, and I can't believe we're running out of time, but how can readers get in touch with you after they read the book and they're excited? Are you on social media? I am. Um, you can find me on my website at KarenLWynn.com, and then on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, I'm at KBookWriter, KBookWriter. All right. Well, thanks so much for being here, Karen. I can't wait to read your book. And everyone, go out and grab Our Little World and sink back into the 80s. It sounds so fantastic. And thanks for being here, Karen. Thank you so much, Lisa. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Okay. See you later. Okay. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.